And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 244. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. That's me. And a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network because we've been there a long time. Jeez, yeah. We started there around about episode number 30, I think it was. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, And of course, we are on your consolidator of choice. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play now. Uh, I think I mentioned that last time. And yeah, anywhere you can download podcasts, generally speaking, you can find us. If anybody knows of one where we're not, let me know and I will try to get us on there uh, because uh, I'm all about getting our show out to every, anyone who wants to listen to this rubbish. Uh, if you're listening for the first time because of my appearance on Fantasticast, welcome. Yeah, um, been a big fan of, of the Fantasticast and, and of Andrew and, and Stephen in general. Going back now, it's it's been a long time, certainly since nearly the beginning of this show, and I've been listening to Fantastic Cast, like I said, pretty much since the very beginning. So it's it was a lot of fun to be with those guys and uh, to record with them, and I think the show turned out rather nicely. It, it, it's a pretty good picture of how it actually went, I, I think, with, with a minimal editing and of course you know the the magic of editing as far as i'm concerned is to make yourself sound smarter (laughs) but uh, um no but but it was a good experience and then of course i'd be i'd be happy to go back uh to fantastic cast anytime they want me back because it was a lot of fun to record with them all right so we do have an issue of thor son of asgard to cover so let's just go ahead and start the second trade and move along to our review Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. Indeed, and this week we are looking at Thor, son of Asgard, issue number seven, which is part one of the new story arc. And of course, uh, in the trade editions, this was the beginning of the second trade. Cover art is by Joe Chen, I believe it says. It could be Chen, it could be Kren. I'm not really sure. It's the way the lettering is. And it shows Thor and Sif, and they are sparring, obviously, kind of sword fighting. They've got the swords crossed between them, but they're giving each other sort of goo-goo eyes in between. It's a beautiful cover, I have to say, all yellows and golds and, and red. And I, it, it's, it's just a very, very appealing cover. And the cover price was $2.99, 425 in Canada. October 2004 is the cover date. And we open up to the splash page where we have the credits. Okira Yoshida was the writer. Greg Tocchini was the penciler. Guru EFX was the colorist. VC's Randy Gentili was the letterer. Joe Chen or Cran or whatever it is was the cover artist. Mackenzie Cadenhead was the editor. Ralph Macchio was the consulting editor. 
Joe Casada was the editor-in-chief, and Dan Buckley is the publisher. Welcome to A Tale of Asgard. On their arduous journey across the wilds of Asgard, Thor, Baldur, and Sif fought dragons, trolls, and magical creatures of all kinds in order to obtain four mystical objects requested by the Lord Odin himself. But when they completed their task against all odds, the trio returned home only to find the city of Asgard under attack by the forces of the Norn Queen Carnilla. By successfully defending the city and surviving a near-death experience, the three teens have proven themselves to be brave and noble warriors. However, a warrior's training never ends, so it is back to school for the young Asgardians. Part 1. Enchanted. And we open up with a double-page spread of a... Well, actually, this is the courtyard that we saw at the end of last issue. Um... And actually, the same courtyard, it looks like, where, where Thor got shot down by Carnilla's arrow. Uh, it's uh, a, kind of an ugly building. I think I t <laughs> we, we've talked about that already. But it is a, uh, uh, it actually is kind of laid out in a rather cool way. And uh, they, they have this sort of terraced thing going on with Asgard. But anyway, we have this big courtyard, and it's on like a big terrace, like a ledge. And we have... Thor and Balder and Sif and other people who don't really recognize. Uh, we have people in the background spearing things, you know, training with with like glaives, uh, people archering, and uh, yeah, and, and basically, well, we have a, somebody here who looks exactly like Volstagg except young. So I have a feeling that that's who that is, and we have it looks like Balder. And Thor sparring with swords. Uh, looking down upon them from a window, we have Frigg. Yeah, so this is probably chronologically, chronologically speaking, the first appearance of Frigg in a Marvel comic. Frigg didn't really come into the picture until the Simonson era. I think she may have appeared before that, but only momentarily anyway. Um, uh, but here we actually have her looking down on uh, you know, the, the kids as they, they train. And they're, they're doing their sword practice right next to the edge of this terrace, which seems like a kind of a dangerous place to do it. But, you know, who am I to judge? I'm not Asgardian. Well, I don't live there anyway. And a voice comes from behind Frigg. One does not have to be an omniscient ruler to know when something is troubling his wife. Odin, I did not expect you so soon, my husband. Merely a quick break, my love. It's been months since Carnilla's attack, but matters have yet to settle down. And it appears as if your heart is also still unsettled. Look there at our son, Odin. Our only son. A boy who has his whole life ahead of him. A boy we almost lost to the senseless violence of war. And has he learned anything from his brush with death? No. Still he chooses to embrace the ways of war. I guess they're referring to the sword practice. But, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll opine at the end, I guess. As the wife of the All-Father, I understand better than any the importance of maintaining our armies and defenses. I know the sacrifices that must be made for the good of all Asgard. Never have I questioned the ways of our warriors. But now, having almost lost Thor, I find myself worrying about his future. I do not want to one day find myself a mother who has outlived her son. And I do not want to be a father who must bury his child. Frigga, I understand your fears. I was there as Thor lay dead, the arrow driven into his chest. But that life has since returned, and while Thor may not show it, 
I do believe that Hella's cold touch did have an impact on him. Your words do serve to soothe my love, but I also see how he longs to live up to your expectations of him. How will he continue to take risks to win your approval? So much like his father, he follows so closely in your footsteps. And I do hope that much like his father, he will be quick to learn a few lessons in love. There are many maidens in Asgard who have hopes that his head will turn in their direction. Her, <laughs> says Odin. I think those maidens will be disappointed. All of Asgard knows that Thor has been smitten with Sif since they were children. I am sure the boy will soon come to his senses and realize that it is time to open his heart to her and make his intentions known. And while this is all going on, we have scenes of Thor and Balder and Sif and they're yeah, fighting and that kind of thing. We see that uh, Thor has defeated whoever it was he was fighting. Sif is standing there and they, and, and they kind of share a moment and we don't know what they're saying, but they're uh, obviously looking at each other with some affection. If there was ever a fitting mate for our son, it is the Lady Sif. And we shift back to the uh, the place where they're practicing fighting. And it turns out this big fat guy is Volstagg. And he, he's Volstagg without a beard. And he's not as large as, of course, you know, he later became. He's not, not Volstagg the voluminous yet. And it looks like he's, he's squaring off against Sif in a, a sparring match here. Come now, Volstagg, show me your skill. As I have made clear time and time again, I detest participating in these violent displays of combat, even against opponents of the lesser sex. As we have made clear time and time again, you need to learn how to fight, you coward, and you can use the exercise, I must add. Ho ho! You'll not make fun of my size once you feel the weight of my blow. And he swings his sword down at Sif, and she easily parries it with a clang. It cannot be. I think you will find that while weight and mass may provide force, there is much to be learned from a few lessons in balance. And Sif easily sidesteps with a shing, and Volstagg falls over, falls onto his belly with a thump. Anything more to say about the lesser sex now, Volstagg? Perhaps if you talked less and trained more, you'd have the skills to back up your playful insults. Ho, ho, ho. Well played. Well played. And, and we have you know, the scene of, you know, they're still practicing and there's camaraderie and stuff. Sif has obviously won this match. And Sif says, So, I guess that means you and I will be fighting in the final match today. And she's saying that, of course, to Thor. And uh, and Thor is kind of pointing at himself. It's like, oh, it's, I guess it's me. No need for a break after your last match, says Thor. I would hardly call Volstagg falling over much of a match. But no, I barely broke a sweat. Are you ready to face a real opponent? The pleasure shall be all mine, Sif. And the two of them get ready to face off against each other. And they start to spar... And they're banging swords, swinging each other, easily pairing. It's obviously a very um, relaxed sort of fight. You know, the, obviously the, the stakes are not that high. And Thor manages to get some leverage on Sif and knock her back. And, and he says, that was rather clumsy. Have you forgotten your own words about balance? Hold your tongue, says Sif. And she comes wailing at him. 
and uh, she ends up tripping over his leg or he trips her or whatever and she falls forward but uh yeah not not fall down but anyway he uh gets her off balance and she ends up getting uh, grabbed by the hair we see he he grabs onto the one of her braids it's not like he's you know dragging her by the hair but he grabs her braid and whirls her around and his in her like in a headlock with his sword to her throat and clearly thor has defeated sif and he says well I concede, says Sif, and everyone goes, hurrah! And people are like, we knew you could beat her, Thor. She didn't stand a chance. No way the only girl in our school could take you. And they look over at Sif, and she's sitting on the uh, on the ground. And Thor goes over. He's trying to be gallant, and he's going to help her up. And he's like, here's Sif. Let me. And she, she smacks him away. It's a sort of, I have no need for your pity. And she gets up and she storms off and Thor's kind of standing there with his hands out. It's like, what did I do? And um, we cut to uh, Loki and Loki is sitting in the window above. Obviously, Loki would not be part of the, uh, the combat training. Yes, put her in her place. While I'd have preferred Thor run her through with his sword, there's still joy to be found in seeing Sif suffer defeat at his hands. She's yet to pay for the indignities I have suffered due to her actions. No woman gets a better of Loki. And Loki has apparently a little sanctum sanctorum here. It's like his own little workshop. And he's got cauldrons and you know, bubbling green goo. And it looks like... Uh, Kool-Aid pitcher. It looks like a cookie jar. He's got, he's got like a cookie jar here uh, full of green whatever. And he's doing some sort of uh, you know, magical spell sorts of things. And a voice comes up. Should the only boy in sorcery school share some kind of secret bond with the only girl with a class of male warriors? I'd have thought you and Sif got together for tea to commiserate about your hatred of the opposite sex. I'd recognize that voice anywhere. Show yourself. And he shoots a, uh, a magical bolt towards a shadowy figure. He's kind of standing there you know, against a pillar. And there's a fars. But the spell is deflected by a mystical shield with a brack. And it turns out it's Amora, the enchantress. And uh, Loki's like, Amora! The one and only, says Amora. Loki, 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 you should watch your tongue. Letting your hatred bubble up and out like that could get you in trouble. Or was that a cry for help? Is that what you want? Someone to notice you? Feel sorry for you? Take pity on you? Or are you simply looking for a shoulder to cry on? And she's got sort of a glamour going on, sort of like it's a very subtle spell going on in her hand. And Loki grabs her wrist and he says, Your wiles won't work on me, you enchantress. You may be able to use your charms to seduce those mindless barbarians outside, but I'll not fall prey to your magics. Try and cast a spell on me and I guarantee you'll live to regret it. And she pulls herself close to Loki like she's going to kiss him. He's like, now there's the Loki I was looking for. What do you mean by that? 
I heard you'd lost your edge after your little escapade into the wilds of Asgard. But I know you better than that. I had to be sure that the old Loki, the Loki who's not afraid to get his hands dirty, was still in there somewhere. Ah, I'm happy to report that rumors of my reform have been greatly exaggerated. But why the interest, Amora? Let's just say that you're not alone in your hatred of Sif. Oh, really? This wouldn't have anything to do with my pompous pig of a brother, now would it? Observant as ever, I see. I'm used to getting what I want, Loki, and I've made no secret of my affections for Thor. But try as I might to win his favor, his heart is set on another. It is Sif's spell that Thor is under, and it is a spell I will see broken, no matter what the cost. And they're looking out the window together at the, the group down in the courtyard. Sif is kind of stomped off by herself and is off sulking. And the rest of them are just kind of standing amongst themselves talking. It seems we seek a similar goal. Yes, I do believe that an alliance is in order here. With my mastery of mayhem and your bent to bewitch, Sif and Thor don't stand a chance. And we cut back to the outside scene where we have Thor and he's kind of going up to where Sif is off sulking and touches her lightly on the shoulder and uh, he says, mind if I have a seat? And Sif is kind of moves over but doesn't say anything and he sits beside her and is kind of staring at her here and uh, nothing is happening. Do you care to tell me what that was all about? Asks Thor. And Sif looks at him and she's got a like a pouty look on her face and just kind of staring daggers at him as it were. If looks could kill. I have to admit being confused here, Sif. I've never seen you act this way after losing a match. If I... Oh, it's not you I'm mad at, Thor. I'm sorry I lashed out. Our scholars say that words can at times cut deeper than any blade. Well, they're right, and it's the words of teenage boys that cut deepest. You're upset because of what they said after I'd beaten you? You let their cheers and taunts affect you so deeply? Why, Sif? You've never before been concerned with what others say. I've seen you put them in their place time and time again. What has changed? And Sif looks soft, kind of thoughtfully, and, and she looks at him and she says, We're getting older, Thor. I'm no longer some little girl alone in a class with all boys. I'm a woman who spends all her time in the company of men, and it's starting to get a little tiresome. How many other Asgardian girls bring a sword to school? None. How many other Asgardian girls come home beaten, cut, and bruised after a day of classes? None. How many other Asgardian girls will never get a date because all the men are scared of them? None. And she's back in her sulk again. And Thor reaches out and tries to comfort her, tries to put his arm around her. Sif, how many other Asgardian girls have the undivided attention of the Prince of Asgard? None. And they share a little bit of a moment there. And they're kind of leaning in like they're going to kiss. And this, is, this takes place over a whole page. It's a really well-told little bit of story here they're just getting ready to kiss and a voice comes from behind them and it's well 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 what have we here 
Is this what constitutes extracurricular activity for our young warriors these days? Tell me, Sif, did you have to work your way through all the boys in school to finally get a shot at the champ? And, of course, it's Amora. Oh, you're one to talk, Amora. You have no right to judge me, witch. And she stands up and she slaps Amora right across the face with a smack. And Amora just looks more shocked than anything. And she's like, you dare lay a hand on me. You'll pay for that, you lowly cur. And Sif has her sword out. She's like, come and collect then, you blonde hussy. And it looks like there's going to be a cat fight. But Thor intervenes and sticks himself between the two of them, holding them apart. Sif, Amora, calm yourselves. There's no need to come to blows over this. While Amora's verbal attack was indeed spiteful, surely there was no need to strike her, Sif. You'd stand up for her after what she just said to me. So be it. You deal with her. Maybe you two were meant for each other. And Sif goes storming off like a, a sulky teenage girl, which indeed she is, and leaving Thor and uh, Amora there by herself. And yeah, so that's kind of what Amora wanted all along, isn't it? We then shift scenes to the following day and to Sif's house where we have Sif and she looks like she's getting dressed and prepared for school. So she's obviously not looking forward to going to school after the day she had yesterday. And she's like, "Ah, how I wish I could skip today's lessons. I'm sure word of my actions yesterday is already spreading. It's my own fault for allowing them to get under my skin. And what shall I say to Thor? What almost happened between us? Alas, today is a new day, so let it begin. And she comes in, and there's a teacher of sorts, some sort of, it's a red-haired guy with a pointy red beard. Ah, Sif, there you are. As of today, you shall no longer be the only maiden in our school. And we see a new student. And it's obviously the Valkyrie. She's, she's, dressed in a variation of her Valkyrie costume. Sif, allow me to introduce our newest student, Brunhilda. And all the guys are looking at Brunhilda and and ogling and staring and, you know, doing what teenage boys do. And uh, Sif looks at her and and they're getting all the boys' attention, including Thor's. And uh, Sif is looking at it like, and she had to be blonde. To be continued, and that is Thor, Son of Asgard, number seven. And, of course, we do have a few things to say about the issue right after this message. Superman, Blue Beetle, Captain Marvel, Firestorm, the Crimson Avenger, Batman, Halo, Guy Gardner, the Sandman, Shadow Lass, Dollman, the Star-Spangled Kid, the Flash, the Phantom Stranger, Power Girl, Hawkman, Fury, the Challengers of the Unknown, Nightwing, the Whip, Johnny Thunder, the Suicide Squad, Deadman, the Spectre, Warlord, Amazing Man, Our Man, Adam Strange, Doctor Occult, the Doom Patrol, Captain Comet, Creep, Green Lantern, Uncle Sam, the Guard, Batgirl, Dr. Mid-Jonah Hex, Black Con, The Manhunter, The Guardians of the Florops, Blue Devil, Dr. Fate, The Legion of Super, The Secret Origins Podcast, covering every issue of DC's Secret Origins comic from the 1980s. Hosted by Ryan Daly and a multitude of guests from the podcast and blogging community. Secret Origins Podcast. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. 
And we are back. Now, uh, just before I go into my thoughts about the issue, just want to say that go check out the Secret Origins podcast trailer I just played. They are wrapping up their show, I think, this week or next week. Uh, that is it for that for that particular show. And it's because they've come to the end of the series. It's not you know any other reason. They've just come to the end of their series. And so it'll be interesting to see what they move on to next. But uh, it, it's a good show, and it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you're a fan of uh, DC's Secret Origins. I, I, that's a, a book that I collected you know, pretty much right into the end. So you know, it, it's definitely worth checking out. All right, so a few thoughts about this issue. I have to say, you know, I, I really enjoyed the, the first half of this story. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy the second half of the story as much. Just judging by this first issue alone, they are obviously they are concentrating more on the soap opera-ness of it. Uh, and I don't know if that's a good look, as it were. Um don't like the sort of of Asgardian high school kind of look to this. Uh, the story so far, at least, is really weak. Um, but again, it, it's like you know nine oh one two oh in Asgard, so it's all about you know boys and girls and uh, their relationships and that kind of thing. It's not very adventurous. I'm sure it'll become more so or not. I mean, I, I certainly hope that it just isn't this for, for the, <laughs> the other six issues. Um, when you contrast it to the first issue of the first half of, of Thor, Son of Asgard, where pretty much right away you're launched into an adventure. Here we have a decidedly low-key start. Now, I will say that the art is really good. Uh, again, it's, it's pretty well painted. We've got, uh, you know, some wonkiness in the faces. I think I, I've complained about that before. But by and large, it's a really good-looking issue. There's a lot of good uh, stuff going on as far as the, the inking and the coloring. It's not strictly a painted book. Um, they do make rather extensive use of xerography. Uh, so a lot of photocopying going on in, in, the, uh, in the artwork. And, and I guess that's allowing the artist to, to take you know, more time to, to do it. Rather, rather than having to redraw frames two and three times. It does point to, I think, a, a slightly more sophisticated way of telling a story, uh, and certainly a more manga-ish way of telling a story, though without going into... They're, they're not really doing it in a manga-like fashion, but they're using these sort of, of storytelling techniques that you've seen in a lot of manga. And also... Oddly enough, you could think back going back to Dave Sims Cerebus, where he did a lot of this kind of thing where you had repetitive panels that are photocopies of previous panels. And, and because this is a, uh, a computerized colored book, it's, it's not as obvious in this until you actually start to look at the art. For example, I'm looking over here at page, uh, looks like page 17. And on page 17, there are six panels, three of which are identical. And the only difference is, is one of them has dialogue and, and you have a you know, slight zoom coming in. You know, I, you know I'm saying um, I, I don't mind that as a storytelling technique as long as you don't overdo it, though. Liking the, uh, the Amora Loki stuff, and it's very typical of, 
of Loki, I think. I think think Loki is pretty well handled in the scene. Uh, you know, obviously he doesn't really care about Amora as far as being the seductress, but uh, uh, you know is more than happy to cast his lot in with her to get his revenge on Thor and Sif. And I think that you know, I, th- I think that works. But again, like I said, the the soap opera e stuff, not so much for me. I do have a little bit of an issue as far as the the various Asgardians who. You know, they're supposed to be teenagers, and this is a problem I kind of alluded to back when I started covering the series to begin with. Thor and Sif really aren't the same age. They never really have been. This is something that's a retcon, and I really don't think that Volstagg belongs here in the, the high school class with them. I see what they're going for. He's kind of the big oafish you know, teenage boy who you know, started shaving when he was 10, and, you know, he's got a big old mustache here. And he's already basically, you know, Volstagg as he appears later on. But I also never thought of Volstagg as being the same age as Thor, Sif, and, and Balder. And really, when you think about it, Thor and Balder really can't be the same age anyway. There's got to be a couple of years between them. So I, I'm assuming that, that Thor is the older, but it's it's one of those things that I just don't want to think about it too much because uh, I, I just don't want to think about it. Um, noticing in the issue some discrepancies between the art and the text. That's something I really didn't notice last time, but I'm noticing it a lot here. Um, we have uh, a lot of panels where nobody is speaking, but but they're doing hand gestures as though they are. And it doesn't really match what's going on. There's, in general, it's a lot less wordy than we've had uh, the series be so far. So, for for example, in the in the sparring scenes, where it looks like there could be a lot of dialogue going on, we only have a handful of of word balloons. So, it's like we're ignoring all of the dialogue that's going on, except for just a few panels here and there. I, I, you know, like I said, it, the the art seems to indicate that there should be more text than there actually is, and so that is a little bit, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say it bothers me per se, but it's noticeable. And in, in the last issues, it wasn't. So anyway, anyway, so that's about it for this time, folks. Thanks again very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail dot com. You can also find us on Facebook. Look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics, The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.